Welcome to Writing Roulette, where we take a book we know nothing about, judge it on things we are barely qualified to critique, and you're here to get mad at us. I'm Emma. I'm Avi. And I'm Kathleen. And today, we suffer. <laughs> today we're reading The Superiors by, does anyone know his name? Labs. Yeah, we did have the unique experience of being able to email back and forth with the author. Uh, and because of that, he was very nice and will say, we are going to go in on this book uh, because it's not very good, but please do not harass this man. Uh, he's very sweet and we're going to hope he takes our advice to heart. So we need to give a summary first. Um, How can we do that? <laughs> well, basically, basically the book is like if the matrix but bad Bardugo's six of crows had a terrifying love child with the show futurama and then don't do this to futurama futurama is a good show and then that child grew up to be an unemployed deadbeat <laughs> that lives in his parents basement fucking brutal that's nothing about the plot yeah but let's go for like the plot first uh because that was accurate um the we're gonna talk about the first half and then we are going to try to explain the second half but the second half is almost completely incomprehensible so you know we're doing our best um there are multiple blocks plus an epilogue so yeah this this uh, story is uh, formatted into prologue, like six blocks, with which would individual chapters and about then five to six per block. Yeah. yeah, and normally that can work, but there seems to be very little reason for separation of blocks. So more on that later. We'll get to that later. So we start with a prologue, uh, following two characters who don't matter. I mean, one of them shows I up think... again, like, close to the end, I think. Maybe both of them? I mean, it's unclear. He, he shows up, and then it, it, he does, like, one thing, and then he's gone again. True. Yeah, it's so. the, the I prologue, think... like, sets up all this intrigue that goes nowhere, <laughs> which you'll find is a common thread. Absolutely, and... I think it's supposed so to be implied they're... that that one almond guy is supposed to be the other guy in the prologue. Is it? I think implied is a strong word, but we'll okay, get to yeah, that. Okay, yeah, implied is a strong word, but I kind of got those, like, very faint vibes. If I remember correctly, it follows two, like, police officers, and yeah. they're out on patrol. We are going to have to talk about how every single uh, character in this uh, book is a cop. Except for the two random hackers. First episode. Yeah, we are gonna have to talk. Books are inherently political, and art is inherently political, and, uh, all of the characters in this are men, except for one. Well, three, but they're all the same person anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much all the characters are just, like, the same robot in a different wig. Yes. Yeah. It's all just Bender. No, Bender has more personality than that. He's a good actor. He can act like he has no personality at all. <laughs> anyway, okay, first chapter is... Uh, Kathleen, do you want to give us the first block? Uh, like, the, the title of it, or, um, the Just actual- tell us what, like, su- give us a summary of the first block. Okay, so the first block follows, I think his name is Christian, 
and he is the leader. White boy number one. White boy number white one. White boy number one. Main white boy. White boy prime. <laughs> white boy prime. That's what we're gonna um, call him he... from now on. Great. He um is the leader Although, of. If I may, if I may make a suggestion, there is a bit later on in the book where he's described as having his hackles raised, and the word choice in this book is really odd. You mean like a werewolf? About that. But yes, like a werewolf. So I decided for the rest of the book, I, w I was just, because I don't know what Christian is specifically, uh, because it's not super clear whether they're like cyborgs or actual human beings. There uh, is so almost no description. He's a werewolf, because... Don't they have like computers in, in their arms, so wouldn't that make them cyborgs? I have no idea. I, yeah, there's very little description of anything. Anyway... Kathleen. So this guy Christian is um, the head of some sort of law enforcement agency, which is called the DSMA, which doesn't stand for anything, actually. Or if it does, I think it does they just mention it once and never mention it again. Uh, well, I could not find common. where they mention it once. So as far as I know, it was in the prologue, I think. Oh, the prologue. I will head there and find out. What it is called then, because you know, I want to give it's the best possible experience. Yeah, um, but the thing with like acronyms is that there has to be that common basement for like we all we no one says the full name of the FBI, but we all know it stands for Federal Bureau of Investigation. Yes. DSMA, you don't have that kind of like backlog grounding, so it's just that's a word. Yep. That's the tone of me reading this entire thing. Though. That's a word. Yeah. That's a, it's a word. Okay, also so reading it. Um, yes, they don't say what the DSMA stands for, but they do say what the CPIA oh, stands for, which is Central Patrol and Intelligence Agency. And then it just says that it, then it just calls the DSMA that it clearly has um, different departments. Seeing as one of the characters in the prologue um, is about to be promoted to the head of a data decryption department, but it doesn't say what the DSMA actually stands for. I would assume it has something to do with data or something, but yeah, it doesn't actually say what DSMA stands for. Anyways, this so, yeah. Christian fellow, he shows up uh, ten years after the whole prologue debacle. And Love a ten-year time skip. Yep, and it starts with him waking up because his perfect dog is licking his perfect face, and his perfect girlfriend, who, by the way, could be replaced with Wife. a robot maid, and literally nothing about the story would have changed, makes him breakfast, and, like, kisses him, and stuff. Um, just to be fair, I'm calling her by her full name, because I feel like I just, I don't know. I'm calling her by Isabella, because I feel that's I don't want to call her what <laughs> Christian does because he annoys yeah, me. We're not. We don't. Don't let him win. Exactly. Um, oh, here's a possible name for DSMA: Brain Institute. Or wait, no, that's an actual different thing. Apparently, never mind. Oh right, again. that's the stupid fucking university that she works for or something. Oh, I forgot. She, I forgot she had a she life outside. I know she, <laughs> she doesn't. Up. Like she, she literally does not. That's mentioned once, and then that's it, it. She shows up two times, I think, in the whole book. And then spoilers, I guess, if you want to read this book, it is free. So we do suggest reading this book. Except also, we kind of don't. 
But, you know, <laughs> to make sure we're not mi- misrepresenting it, you're totally go read the book yourself, blah, 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 blah. She shows up twice and then immediately gets iced. Not even yeah. immediately. She's already dead by the time the book starts. And that's oh, a big spoilers. reveal at the end. Yeah, that's the big plot twist. And One like, of it- the big plot twists. Um, we will talk about that when we get to the end. Yeah, um... I want to rip into Christian, but let's... Okay, so next... talk about this... Okay, next real quick, he, let Kathleen finish. Yeah, next he decides to go to work. Spends about a paragraph doing the single bit of character description that doesn't involve a girl's boobs in the entire book, which is <laughs> about how some other, random other agent um, is hot and a good fighter by his posture, apparently, and has a black prosthetic arm, which he claims to be the man's most unique fix, um, most unique thing. Oh, I forgot that this dude was in the beginning. I'm no, because it's supposed to be like everyone has this arm. It's not unique, because, yeah, it's not this guy, because he claims that his username, which is whatever they use to talk to about people, is Yeah, I want to talk Charlie. about that incredibly weird bit of world building in a minute. Yeah, so this is just some random throwaway character to show that actually everyone has these prosthetic arms that are also computers called integrators. And everything has, like, in at the beginning of it. Cars are called in-mobiles. Those prosthetic arms with computers I, in I them. I am so confused by that nomenclature. Like, it's never explained. It's just, like, you're dropped there and you have to accept that this is how it is. Yeah, which, I think I mean, that could work. like, a reference to, like, iPhones, iWatches, except That's... that they're not all called iPhone, like, iWatches. We have Androids. We have It's like PCs. if we lived in a dystopic society called Apple World. I mean, yeah. That's basically and what also, this is. Like, yeah, but also, like, not all of Apple's products... Mactopia. Yeah, not all of Apple's products even fucking have the I in front of it. Macintosh, a Mac doesn't have that. It's not an iMac. It's iMacs. iMacs. <laughs> By the way, before we move on, I think this is a really important... So all the characters have, like, normal names, right? But we don't get to they know all also... of their normal names. No, 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 we don't. They also all go by, like, their fucking Twitter handles. It is the funniest thing, and I can take <laughs> no scene seriously, because they're all, like, at Sierra, at Tessa, and I'm just like, stop going by your fucking Instagrams and just speak to each other. Please. Like that, yeah, that threw me off for a good portion of the book. Like, it It's impossible to tell who is who, to it. especially since they uh, capitalize really it, even if it's at the beginning the of a sentence. That was a fault of... That was a fault of all of the characters were exactly the same person. Yeah, and then some characters would have two different names. Oh my god, that sucks so bad. And and it would, like, switch between them, but there was no differentiation between, like, who was calling who what, or why, or where. And it was, it's just really bizarre. And it's, doesn't make a lot of sense even in fiction. Speaking of anyway. not making sense in fiction, after he arrives at work, he immediately runs into his boss, who is also his brother, who also uh, vapes all of the time. And this is... I can't... Oh, gosh. I... And this is, like... You know what, we'll... Supposed we'll to be foreshadowing for, like... Okay, it is a pretty common trope that the leader of the law enforcement um, That's, yep. thing is the big bad but that's the only foreshadowing for that big reveal at the end that we get at the whole all book. the, the whole, book. whole book i was wondering like so when does he when does 
when when are we going to tell him? When does he find out that his brother is evil? When when do we find out that Oracle is bad? Like, let's hurry this along. I know I know what's going to happen. Literally, no. I complete I didn't even think about that because Sebastian shows up. His name is Sebastian, by the way, the brother. Um, shows and his up handle so is few Guardian. Times that I just completely fucking forgot about it for most I, of the book. <laughs> I forgot he existed. I like once Christian like mentioned his name out of the blue and I'm like, who the hell is this? Yeah, you had to like recalibrate. I was like, fucking what? There's also by the way. Yeah. In in the prologue, the mysterious kind of bad guys are just like two Slendermen, and I feel that's important to bring up. <laughs> yeah, it's that was I don't funny. know what purpose those figures at all like what are they for? What's their purpose? Well, to look it. scary, we'll I guess. There. Anyway, so there's a random team. chapter introducing uh, Christian's team and they're all introduced with their Instagram handles. And like there's nothing to differentiate this from other words other than the at at the beginning. So it's very hard to tell if you aren't like paying super close attention that these are like their actual names that they actually go by. Like, and it's hard to pay super close attention to this book because the writing is super dull and dense and dry. And incoherent. And I, like, I had to, there was times where I had to just sit there with my head in my hands. Yeah. And, like, recover. It is almost completely flat the entire way through. Like, buddy, please get a thesaurus. Please. I mean, he did get a thesaurus, but he only used it when he had to find another word for said. Which is why we get the word utter instead, and it made me want to, like, bash my head through a wall every single time I saw it. Also, we meet the worst character ever in the history of ever in this, the Sarah. first chapter, at Sierra. <laughs> oh, yeah. Screw this guy. There's, oh, in this like, introduction chapter of the team, which does include Sarah, there are absolutely, like... No real introductions of these characters. They just show up and they talk about this. Oh, and they use uh, Christian's real name, but nobody else's, which is hilarious. Um, like, by the way, the description for the characters is so flat and boring that for the first half of this book, I thought Sierra was a woman. <laughs> which, I mean, that would have been slightly better, but. It would have been a little bit better, but Sarah is literally the worst. The worst. I mean, yeah. It would it's still, his one personality trait. It would still fall into, like, stereotypical female character, but, uh... It wouldn't just, have as Sarah's bad. one character trait, I think he's supposed to be a lovable jackass, but that's, he's just a jackass. That's what I thought, and I, I love that character trope. I write it all the time because it's so much fun, so I'm really good with... If, if, you, if you'll allow me, I'm gonna... I'm gonna give some feedback on how to write mean protagonists because I think myself good at it. Uh, when you're writing a protagonist who is not outwardly very nice or kind, let me flip, I put it down my my notes. Uh, when you're writing a protagonist that isn't super like pleasant to everyone, then they're not gonna come off as very likable unless you hit that balance. Zuko's a really good example of a character who's kind of a shithead, but is good enough, and, like, it's very obvious he's trying. Another, Ooh, another yes. one 
that I would mention is Eleanor Shellstraw. Uh, ah, yeah, from the Good Place. She absolutely. Uh, pretty much all the Good Place characters work really well to hit that balance um, of kind of an asshole, but like, you know, they're trying. The Good Place characters feel very human, and yes, yeah, they do. I love them all. But let's, yeah. So, I'd like to, like, words. 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 Uh, let me just share a little bit, like, not fixing the character, just giving you, like, a look into my methods in writing mm -hmm. these types of characters and, like, take that how you will. Uh, and when I'm writing a character who I know is not gonna be super likable personality-wise, I like to consider, like, the role that they'll play in the character dynamics that like maybe they'd be a good foil for characters who are more positive and that they hold people accountable with their sour attitude and that they're you know not afraid to call people out there has to be a reason there has them. to be a reason um and there has to be a way that he can bounce off of other characters without seeming annoying or tedious to read or even then just have it very obvious that this is going to be a character development thing like eleanor was a great example she is insufferable in the beginning but it's incredibly oh, yeah. obvious that she's going to be getting better they and set it up from the anime first episode. fans out there in the audience are the wide wide world of our extended friends and family <laughs> um uh bakugo bakugo is another like it's bakugo oh, but you know you trode trode i'm I'm ugly American, don't watch anime super a lot. Uh, Bakugo. Bakugo is a difficult case. I There's plenty of arguments to be made there. Fair enough. Yeah. I think that where we are, that we get a good start. But that's for another talk. That's for another talk. <laughs> anyway, yes, we'll make, continue. We'll make an extra episode where we... Where we Dissect argue. My Hero Academia. Yes. <laughs> I'll meet um, since I haven't actually watched the show. So, what I would have done with Sarah was I would have kept that abrasive nature, but I would make sure to show other nuances of his character, which is something what that's nuance? a big problem with all of the characters, is that they don't have any dimensions. They have one or two character traits, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And it makes them seem very flat and inhuman, which makes it really, really hard for me to connect with them and get emotionally invested in the story, because... I don't believe that these characters are real human beings, and I don't see a reason to care about their struggles. There's also no in-the-dark scenes, you know? Like, the concept of you're, no one's watching your character, there will be no consequences for your character, so this is a chance to see how they really are. There's just none of those. Uh, and even if there was, I got the feeling that they'd be very flat, very, like, generic. There'd be no moral nuance to it. A book that does really well, I think, with those character moments that seem really intimate, where the characters are in their own world. I think Percy Jackson does it really well. Yeah. Um, and they do really well with balancing out those moments of peace in a story that's really fast-paced and action-packed, which mm -hmm. is another thing this story had a lot of problems with, because I could see where he was trying to have those moments, but they were in the wrong place. Yeah. There were Definitely. also... We, they have this problem, uh, especially... We'll get to it. I'll, I'll save that, actually. Uh, anyway, continue with the summary. All right. So, in this introduction of his team, which is just a wild POV leap, just in the middle of him showing up to work, they introduce a character who is an Oracle agent. 
Um, can or, I can I talk about this scene for a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. I have so much to say about this. If scene. you open, open the, the PDF on page seventeen uh, of oh, numbers and twenty-two of the PDF. Yes. I want to talk about this because this, we do have to talk about this as they are all yes, absolutely, cops. Absolutely. They First of all, they introduced the concept of erasure, which is just death, except, like, you forget they even existed at all, which is so fucked up. I don't even Wait, know what to begin. Wait, you do forget? I did not realize that. And it kind of... It's hinted, but it's not super fleshed out. Yeah, uh, and I kind of got the feeling that the plot was going to be, oh... They only have a few shots. They actually have many shots, but you don't remember shooting the gun, so... The thing that I hate about the inrazers, the things that... Like, they're basically instant killing machines, but the guys, like, wave them around like they're toys, which, I mean, like, they're cops. Yeah. So that's pretty on the top. Yeah. But it, they never talk about it. Anyway, so they have this scene where there is clearly a mentally unstable man who is having a breakdown, and instead of, I don't know, getting help... The first thing they do is, well, gotta fucking kill him. It's... Which, they're cops. They're cops. So that's realistic. They also classify him as being violent when he wasn't really physically aggressive. He was just super erratic. Yeah. But and they're cops. But they're it cops. But they're like never punished for this. It also seems like cops. in the right, like, looking back on it. Because he was talking about how this world they're in isn't real. And how, like... <laughs> This is just an illusion, which is literally the big reveal at the end. So it seems a lot more to me like this guy just figured out what's up with the super messed up world and had a really reasonable breakdown about it. Because, like, you just find out that you aren't real and your family's not real and the world's not real. You aren't just going to sit back and say, oh, that's cool. Time to go on with your life, my life. Oh, golly. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and then he just gets killed for it. And then everyone around, their memory of He this... doesn't get killed. He gets knocked out, but they do try to kill him. True. And then everyone I around, their memory gets erased. Talk about. Um, um, but anyways, that actually I... hasn't happened yet. So right now it's just introducing this Oracle agent who's from the very obvious villain organization. Um, and they also yeah. bring up yet another acronym, DSD, which doesn't, it, I, I don't think it ever defines that. Um, and it's never, as far as I can tell, brought up again. <laughs> and they just try and throw a bunch of world building. Oh, found the DSD, because there's a summary of several acronyms. Oh, and finally we find out what DSMA stands for, too. So this little chart says, Data Security and Management Agency, DSMA Hierarchy Summary. Data Decryption Department, DDD, and then describes what it does. Data Collection Department, DCD. Data Analytics Department, DAD. Which okay, I now we're already getting into the next problem with this fucking book because everything you're saying is just going in one ear and out the other, and this exactly. is how it's framed in the book. <laughs> and the last one is D Data Security Department, DSD. And then they. I definitely would have put this chart and like the organizations and the characters sorted by organization in the beginning of the book like an alignment mm -hmm. list so you knew where the characters were what the organizations did and it didn't bog down the actual story yeah yes, so you and, knew all this coming in and give their but real also, names and usernames also i think dsd uh, is the bottom of the list of the hierarchy summary 
And then the immediate next line of dialogue says that it's the highest ranking department with all the other ones designed to aid them. Listen, none of these characters, despite being part of the government, have any concept of rank. Like, Christian is supposed to be the head of the whichever department, but no one ever respects his authority until it benefits the story. Yeah. It's also, I want to say, the thing about this is that they could have very easily uh, put in, like, some non-traditional storytelling with this. Uh, I think, what was that book that you loaned me, Kathleen? Uh, Illuminae? Uh, yeah. They, they could have done this in kind of a very similar way where they had uh, maybe, like, a personal team, uh, like, on someone who's friends with them do it. Like, put all the official stuff, cross that out, write some, like, fun little jokes of someone who knew them, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but they didn't. It is just technical terms the entire way through, and none of it means fucking anything. At all. Like, it just, the, the acronyms, I even though there's definitions for them, it doesn't even seem like they do what their definitions say. They just kind of run around firing guns. Shooting people. Yeah. They're, wait, they're cops, so, you know... Maybe we're getting somewhere with that. Yeah, but cops, yeah. like, at least pretend to, like, have a plan. That's true. And they generally do know what they're doing. They're just doing some incredibly shitty stuff. That's true. So um, somehow these characters are worse than the police. They have all the power and none of the uh, brain. <laughs> yep. Yep. And... Uh, anyway... So, yeah, th they just kind of talk and provide a whole bunch of, like, exposition and are incredibly rude to this Oracle agent who's been sent to monitor them, which, like... Which he's supposed to be, like, higher ranking yeah. than them. Why are they... Yeah, like, that's a like, terrible have idea. Them discharged, and they're, like, taking him at every opportunity. Yeah, I would, um... <laughs> like, if I were just reading this chapter on its own, separate from the rest of the book, I would think they were setting up for the Oracle agent guy to be the main character. <laughs> like, and for these characters to be kind of villains in his way of, like, dismantling the corrupt government. Like... Yeah. <laughs> they're clearly trying to have him be, like, look like a minor antagonist as some sort of red herring, but failing miserably. <laughs> um, yeah. He That's just because Carnifex doesn't do anything until the end. He just walks around and disregards things. Yeah. Like, also the only lines of narration are Carnifex disregarded this and said something, and then he leaves. Also, his name isn't Carnifex, at least not in this chapter. It's Venom. Ah, uh, no, that's a different person, I think. That's the, that's the new that's guy. That's the new guy who shows up twice. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking Which... about. Oh, this dude! Yeah, I thought you were talking about Oracle the other agent. Oracle agent. I don't think he's an Oracle agent, though. I think... Isn't he part of the other thingy? I don't One know. The other Ds? Oh, maybe? Let me go back and check. Literally? You this don't even have to check. The entire how... book is fucking like this. Okay, yes. Yeah, so... speaks volumes for how okay. memorable these characters are. Yeah, you were right. This guy isn't the Oracle guy. He's just a new agent. And they're just bullying him for no reason. Hazing. Yeah. Hazing, except, like, it's Sarah, so he gets, like, really shitty about it. 
Sarah, I'll be really I shitty don't about know it. If any of you guys at home watching this will get the reference, but Sarah is like Norman from Fireman Sam. He is 95% of all of these people's problems. Most of the conflicts in this book are because he does something. Like he punches the wrong dude or he beats up a child. And the narrative oh. rewards him for it. Oh, yes. So they introduce these in racers, which, like you guys said earlier, are basically the guns. Here's the description, which I'm not quite sure if they abide with at all after this, but yes, at Crocs Answers. The best answers. thing I can say about this world is that they do have gun control. Yeah. <laughs> yes, at Crocs Answers, scanning his integrator on a silver seal locker at the front of the room. Here's your in-racer. These are very scarce and can only be handled by select agents. It becomes disposable after a single shot, so use it wisely. Since we have a very limited supply, you can't go out erasing every criminal you come across. It's only to be used in situations when it's the only option you have. Not only are they in short supply, but they also completely erase people's identities from the integrator. From then on, from there, oh, only yeah. Oracle knows what happens. And then comes a scene oh. that Avi was talking about, with the um, mentally unstable man who has come, who has figured out somehow. They immediately pull the inraiser on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That he is, that he was somehow figured out that this world isn't real and is having a perfectly reasonable response to it. And I also want to talk about. I don't think that Val has ever seen or researched a mental breakdown because it like I've had one before yeah. and it's not like this. Yeah. First of all, the dude's thoughts are a little on the nose. Like when you're in that much emotional distress, it's hard to like voice coherent thought. Yeah, it really can be. Also, the description like, of the guy like it seems that he's more focused on trying to make him seem like terrifying than like yeah, just let's, another person. let's just go ahead and stigmatize mental illness while we're at it. We're already rampantly sexist. Literally, all I could think when I saw this scene, I was like, this is an unarmed, like, homeless man who's just, like, yelling at people. Like, that's just what living in New York and Florida's like. You see those people every day, and you're just like, what's up? Yep. Same hat, bro. Like, and, hmm. I've actually been to New York, uh, and... Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah. I have been to New York. Did I mention that I went to New York? Because <laughs> I went to New York. Subtle, subtle, subtle um, brag. <laughs> okay. So I saw a Broadway play. This is how um, the Oracle agent, Carnifax, I think you said his name is, this is how he's introduced. Yep. Killing the guy. Well, tasering him. But tasering he, him. He does die anyway. So yeah. Like, does he, or does he just turn into liquid? It's unclear. Yeah, he just melt. You, it wasn't like, or, crack theory. Oracle sent this man. He's actually like a popsicle robot, and once his, <laughs> once his job was done, they just melted him. And so, they don't. It. He's like they don't introduce him. He's just. It's not even established whether or not this guy is the Carnifex dude who shows up later. They don't introduce him. He's ominous, and he just, like, tases the guy and leaves. He just, and then, he just, yeah, that's, that's... It is essentially a fucking, like, Windows Movie Maker cut, and then... And then you don't, you don't see him. And this is a common thread for Carnifex throughout the entire book. He does, like, one thing, 
is and says some super boring lines of dialogue, and then he just like fucks leaves. off. He just yep. You don't see him again. Oh, He's assuming that is oh, Carnifex and not like the <laughs> that the almond dude. But then anyways, it just cuts back to Christian, and I'm sorry, my dog is at the window. Oh, good boy. He's the producer. He's the producer. <laughs> he has to make sure we're doing our jobs right. You're absolutely right. He's he has to make sure we're thoroughly taking down this book piece by piece. Piece by piece. <laughs> brick okay. by brick, if you will, if you get my reference. I'm not going to explain it, because you guys should know if you read my <laughs> book recommendations. Continue with your, your thing. Alright, so, Chris, back to Christian. Again, terrible, terrible transition, but like at least it's a chapter break, so it's not as noticeable. And there's a lot of descriptions of, like, this, basically this lobby that he's going into, this parking lot he's driving up to, which, like, I mean, it's very different from ours, and there's a lot of different terminologies. For example, an elevator is called a mag lift. Um, really? Or is it a, is I don't understand why this motherfucker spot. can't just use words. <sighs> Please stop dropping words like protons... Protons? Or, or whatever, and assuming that I know what it is, because I don't. Oh, he here's another this. weird one, a vacuum elevator. Vacuum elevator? That means fucking nothing. I don't nothing. know what that is. Um, I presume you get vacuumed. <laughs> it's it's how, the, instead of showers, this is what you, you just, like, Yeah, they just, like, dry, the... they just dry you really hard. <laughs> it, it just supposed to, like, be he's going like, up super fast. It's like that thing in cartoons where there's, like, an explosion and it, like, blows everything off of you. Also, not how vacuums work. An elevator inherently can't be a vacuum. How vacuums work is it literally creates a vacuum of space. You'd probably suffocate if this were a real thing. Yeah. Almost there certainly. There literally can't be It's air the suicide booths from Futurama. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I, but, like, I definitely got, like, a Willy Wonka, like... Move Vader vibe from it. I was like, just use the fucking. Just no, Wonka's glass elevator doesn't deserve this kind of slander. Anyways, I got yeah, <laughs> they you're introduced right. that is well thought out. And how uses... dare you? Yeah, correct. Um. Th so here's where they introduce Sebastian, who is the head of this DSMA, and smokes a ma mango vape. Smokes, smokes a, a mango, mango vape. vape. I'm fairly certain they called Christian the head of DSMA earlier, like a couple chapters ago. But like, I think Izzy did call him that, and I was just like, what the fuck, okay? Um, like, that, all of the conversations here that are used for exposition are really truncated and unnatural, because these characters and realistically would already know. Yeah. Like, why are you telling each other this? Like, in their world, the reader doesn't exist, so why are they setting things up like they're talking for an audience? And this is why, like, uh non-traditional narration really helps um, because you can use, oh, like, here's what an advertisement looks like in this world. Here's what, mm -hmm. like, an insurance commercial looks like because they still have insurance, but it would be different based on what is happening. Yeah. So, by giving us something we can concretely relate to and then changing it uh, works wonders. Yeah. The way you don't want to do this is have some guy just randomly vaping. The vaping is introduced so seriously, and I actually had to stop and laugh out loud when I fucking Same. read like, it. Same! I know, I can't, like, at the end, he's, like, giving his dramatic, like, villain monologue, and oh he's my smoking gosh. a freaking mango vape, and I couldn't. <laughs> just use, just, just, 
Just use a cigarette, please. Just, yeah, exactly. The cigarette has a... I don't know why. But it, it has it a just... more villainous undertone, like very noir kind of situation. But also, just looks fucking better than a vape, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's don't smoke. Don't this smoke. is supposed to be a high-tech world, For and so vapes are more high-tech than cigarettes. So they make fun Vapes of. Are not high tech. <laughs> they boil. It's a little water machine that boils tobacco for no, you. No, 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 no. In this world, it's a quantum vape. It is high tech. Oh, <laughs> they have because some you can in there. you can tack quantum onto anything in this world, and it's immediately futuristic. Oh, or vacuum, like or Star in, Trek or mag. Just add any of. Or mag. Words. Anyways, so like it's a they... fucking Ratchet and Clank video game. <gasps> so they do you. Dare how you shut your dirty whore mouth! Don't you dare slander rush and click like this! That's my favorite game! It's mine too! I will not stand here! Well you disrespect Ratchet like this! So they spend like a couple this. lines making fun of Sebastian's smoking and work habits. This off. I'm trying to <laughs> summarize this, guys. And, I'm sorry. It's alright. Um, and then, like, it, I think there's supposed to be some sort of foreshadowing to Sebastian being evil since he's, like, brushing off Christian's questions about whether he's okay. And then they just talk about video games, football, and catch. And then, he, here's this absolutely They also call each other line. bro constantly, and it's really annoying. Yeah. It's called Football Christian, and I'll have to pass. You may not believe it, but traditional sports used to be the most popular form of entertainment. Like, what's going on? Oh, and then, and then like, okay. you get some, like, uh, moralizing on uh, <laughs> um, sports, even though, like, it's, this is, like, an issue that has, in our world, actually already been mostly dealt with. Like, with corruption and match-fixing and stuff. And somehow... Like, it's bad. We know. We yeah, it's, know it's bad. What it, the fuck? It, it, it makes no sense. The whole thing, the whole... This whole conversation is basically, like, they're talking, and I'm sitting here like, uh-huh. Like, why is uh -huh. this relevant? Okay. Can we... Uh, can we move on? Why are... Why, why did we spend so much time on this? Yeah. Yeah. Although, um... It does actually, like, in retrospect, there is a rather important scene that happens at a uh, virtual sports tournament, except it didn't, it doesn't seem virtual. I, that <laughs> makes me angry, and I'm gonna wait until we get to that chapter to talk about it. Scene makes no fun. Yeah, that's just, but... just completely ridiculous, and yeah, not talking about that yet. And then they go inside, and they get water bottles from the in-fridge. And this is a direct quote. A rectangular box with a ultra-high vacuum chamber inside, designed for efficient, cool <laughs> storage and, and land... Oh, wait, that's the, that's the part of the But does that... It's, it's just a refrigerator with special words. Not an in-fridge. Not a smart fridge. Not an out-fridge. It's an in-fridge. It's special. It's not like other fridges. It's not like other fridges. And they just saw water in it! Anyways. Now it's Samsung talking... fridge, move out of the way. We got in-fridges now. I want an in-fridge. 
I'm gonna play freaking quantum erasure on the front of it. Stop. <laughs> um. Anyways, then finally they start discussing actual plot relevant stuff, but in the common thread of this story, it's boring. There's a common thread. Yes, and it's called it's boring and incoherent. Um. Oh yes, that that thread. Yeah. So, this assignment is apparently directly from Oracle, which is supposed to be, like, kind of new and whatever, but, like, they don't address this. It's just mentioned... They don't do anything with the plot point until the very end of the book. Like, he mentions it once, and then he drops it. There's no investigation. There's no worrying about the case at all. They just forget about it until it's somehow relevant in some way i don't even know it's only relevant in the fact that uh christian starts hallucinating and finds out that isabella is dead um oh yeah i mean apparently he's been hallucinating the whole time but fair but like hallucinating more. we didn't know that yeah it's really weird um so this is talking about disappearances and apparently there are missing people and they have to find the, them, and this is the funniest, the, the names of the people. It's like, dude, listen, to, listen to the um, names of some missing people. Name, Maria, oh, goodness, username, Curie, Function, Physicist. Name, Dimitri. Function? Function? <laughs> username, Mendel. Function, Chemist. Name, Nikolai. Username, Tat Tesla. Function, Electric Fuck engineer. off! Fuck <laughs> off! Um, and then, <laughs> finally, there are two other names that are not, like, random scientists. Um, one is name, Benedict. Username, hashtag, error, corrupted record, function, top level. Whatever that means. And then so no the idea. only one that's to actually up- interesting and plot relevant, name Constantine, username Constantine. not applicable, function DSMA agent. He is one of the characters from the prologue. So here's another thing Illuminate does really well, is you flip the page and there is this giant wall of just the list of people who died. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I think that's and I think that's I done really well. Book. And like it's it, really good. It's so good. And there, like there's actually super name... relevant plot information in that too. Like there's this kind of twist about a character who is dead, and then you look back at the list of names, and that person's name is right there. It's not highlighted. There's no attention drawn to it. But yeah, like, you have to make it like that's what I kind of learned from that is it's best because a reader is going to skip that. They just fucking are. They're not going to read every name. What you want is the reader to come back and be like, oh my god. That's, I think, one of the best things Illuminate does. Is yes. Because I look through that whole fucking sea of names just to find, like, this one name. And it made me do that. I think that's a really good way to do, good way to do that. Yeah, this I, doesn't work because it draws attention to the different names. Yeah. Instead of just leaving them be exactly the same. I remember, actually, the first time I looked back and found that name, it was in uh, freshman year of high school in biology class. I just hit the revelation that this character was dead, and then I was like, holy shit, and I flipped back, and I had actually stopped reading names I tried to, like, just before her name showed up, and I was so mad at myself. 
But at the same time, like, that was, it was such a fun experience. But I digress. Yeah. So, yeah. not only does he um, point out these names, he has the character point them out immediately after. Um, and then Sebastian obviously lies about it. Um, and then... Here's another thing. Uh, I guess skip over, because this is a huge spoiler if you want to read the book. Um... But Oracle is the people who made these characters disappear, and if that's the case, why are they setting up an investigation? Why don't they yeah. just sweep it under the rug? I don't know, They're it's never established. the ones who run the world. Like, they can do that, but they don't. Okay, mm -hmm. another- It's not even like from... he finds out about this and, like, uncovers, like, why did we cover this up or anything? It's- they just they tell him. They could have gone Beverly Hills Cop with this, but instead, we got this. Yeah. Watch Beverly Hills Cop. It's good. It's good. Um, so, I, there's actually an explanation at the end, I think, maybe, uh, another spoiler alert, but Sebastian's the big bad because he wants to steal Christian's body because Christian hasn't destroyed his body with vaping. That's it, that's his entire villain motivation. So, it seems to me like this was just set up to basically just get Christian in a position where he could be somehow removed from his body and Sebastian could enter it or something. But don't say it like that. Don't say it like that. I'm very sorry. Anyways, the whole scene's ridiculous. And then, she back to the scene, is something incredible. Speed, speed the video up, ten. <laughs> something incredibly weird happens. Like, and this is something that's not at all acknowledged. So they're talking about this. Uh, mentioned that these cases were handled directly by Oracle, which is why he's never seen them before. And he says, understood, in that case we must, and then dot, dot, dot. And then there's this paragraph. Suddenly, his vision turns blurry and unfocused. Through the veil clouding his sight, he sees a figure with a blade flickering behind Sebastian, before merging with his body and swinging the blade at Christian. When the illusory weapon connects with him, the figure disappears, leaving Christian awestruck. There is no... Awestruck was the wrong word. Yeah. Mention of this before. It has no implications. And immediately afterwards, he just says that he had a weird hallucination, and then Sebastian doesn't... Um, do anything about that. He does Bro, nothing about I'm that. hallucinating. Oh, really? Shoot. God. <laughs> so you want to catch that quantum erasure game later? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and I, like, I just, I can't even, he doesn't even lie. He straight up tells him, I, I'm hallucinating. And Sebastian's like, oh, that sucks, bro. <laughs> oh, no. Say that. He says, anyway. He says, all right. <laughs> and then he just, he just kind of apparently looks slightly bothered and the brother's like oh i'm not bothered at all let's go see a game like he explicitly says like do that. people just fucking hallucinate all the time in this world what <laughs> apparently and then there's yet another callback to this benedict guy who doesn't appear to have any plot relevance except it's like vaguely implied he might be christian's dad Apparently he disappeared after his wife and daughter's erasure, and then he's like, Benedict, I swear I know that name from somewhere, and that's never brought up again. It's brought up once, but I don't remember how. Me neither. I... Um, and then, uh, Christian is informed that an Oracle agent is, uh, going to join them for the mission, and then claims oh, that he has that. no more information about this. Um, and also claims he just found out. Just pretend effects has any relevance whatsoever before like two chapters yeah oh it's disappearing forever yeah and here he's he's actually introduced here too because he gets a text 
um, from some guy named Clavis, who's apparently a member of his team and has no importance to the plot whatsoever. Basically, it says, at Ducks, so that's Christian's username, like D-U-X, not D-U-C-K-S, which would be much funnier. Uh, that, I... Um, Listen, the... we already have a bunch of dumb usernames. Just name him Duck. Please. Him Duck Newton. Duck Newton. <laughs> so it says, at Ducks, the team is assembled and ready, despite the fact that they have no duck, idea what though, their mission he's a is. <laughs> I understand that at Guardian, which is Sebastian's username, needed to discuss something with you. Also, an agent from Oracle is here, goes by at Carnifex. He says he needs to talk to you. Just a heads up, see you soon. Dash at Clavis. And then there's just more description of him driving. That's it. Like this is another thing with this book is that it has a lot of blank leaves blank and heads to blank to show us that we're moving somewhere else. But like, also he was, nothing of note happens on those travel scenes, so they really don't need to be there. Not only that, but he's apparently driving to DSMA, which is where he already was. He's driving to a different parking garage. He ran out of his, like, three, two hours or something. Yeah. Oh, of course. And then, there, there's, like, this weird eye contact thing with some guests in this waiting room called the parlor. And then just his team shows up, and he just kind of keeps name-dropping the fact that his older brother is his boss, which is incredibly weird. Um, Listen, if you knew, like, if you knew on a personal level, actually, if I knew on a personal level the president of the United States, well, the former president of the United States, I probably would want to keep that a secret. <laughs> but. But I mean, continue. it's not even that. It's like, yeah, he laughs. When the big boss needs to talk to you, it's pretty hard to say no. Not to mention, he would probably bring it up on my birthday and ruin the whole night. Like, that's just kind of a that jackass move. Like, that oh, could be yeah. such a funny line, but it is delivered so plainly that I'm just like, okay. Christian's two character traits are idiot and super insufferable. Yeah. At the same time. It's, it's like, I... Did I mention that my brother owns your lives? No, he's not evil. Why would you think that? <laughs> um, so then they, uh, this guest the, a guy who they got into a, who we got into a staring contest with, turns out to be the Oracle agent, and then um, they just kind of talk over the events of the last couple of chapters as if we didn't just read them. Um, and here is something all the really places. strange, and, like, it could be interesting about, like, the world building and the culture, but there's no explanation. So, this... That bothers me so much. Same, but that anyways, so, so there's this one line, covering his integrator and greeting. He's, like, introducing himself to the Oracle agent, or the Oracle agent is introducing himself to him. It's super unclear. But, like, why do they cover their integrators, which is, like, their prosthetic computer arms, when, when they greet someone. Like, why is that seen as polite? What's going on here? Is it, like, the new sort of handshake? And why? Like, is it, does, like, is it to conceal your personal information? If so, how is that polite? If it's, like, to, is it, like, some sort of salute? I, 
It's never I, explained. I would argue that, like, small gestures like that, it wouldn't make sense to have it explained to the reader, because these characters already know that. But no, I know, I but I mean, like... the wrong gesture to be used, because that integrator is their entire identity, and covering that up is more like... like An insult. Yeah. Yeah, but also, like, you could explain it in the way of having different ranking people and having different greetings and using it more than fucking once. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of what I meant. Like, give more context for this. Because all it says is that it's a greeting, and then it never shows up again, but it could have some pretty interesting cultural implications in their world. If, like, your greeting is covering up your personal information, then, like, what does it say about, like, trust in this so-called utopia? Yeah, trust no one. <clears throat> Exactly. Yeah. And, like, if that's or common... Or it could just be their version of a middle finger. You cover up someone else's in integrator, and it's very, very rude. Yeah, like, especially since it seems to be, like, in lieu of a handshake. So it's like, would that mean that touching someone else's integrator is seen as a, a rude thing to do? In that case, it makes sense. It's like, kind of replacing a handshake like by, like, touching the hand you would be using to shake okay, there. Okay, we spent, a, like, a while on this. <laughs> I want to at least get to block two in this episode. Okay. Alright. So, they introduce the Oracle agent again. Um. And then, there's some more, like, uncalled-for bullying of the new guy. <laughs> um. Like, for whatever. And then, the guy wakes up. Um. And, and then he melts, and that's really the only thing that fucking happens in that scene, and we can move on. Yep. I'm just trying to scroll down, because I didn't actually prepare a summary, so I'm just, like, kind of doing this as I go. That's fine. Um, and so, yeah, they killed I the didn't guy. prepare a summary either. I'll be starting block two. I'll be doing block two. Alright. So, then they killed the guy. And then it just cuts right. to a date between Christian and Isabel. Um, and, like... There, she's Isabel, of course, described in a super objectifying way. Incredibly that consists of her uh, revealing clothing and, and how her... hot Christian thinks she is, and you know, like her boobs. Yeah, and, like, that's, it, that's it. And her mouth, and then suddenly she turns furry. Um, and he has like a miniature panic attack, and then. Everything's just back. He's like, oh, I dozed off a little bit. And then... If someone fell asleep while I was on a date with them, I would get up and leave. Honestly, it would I not mean, matter if they were my wife or not. I'd be like, fucking bye! Like, you can pay the bill for all the food we apparently ate. <laughs> I mean, like, you also have character traits other than sexy and dead and, like, robot made. So. Yeah. They tell a stupid story about the dog, basically showing... Axel the dog is the only character I respect. He's a good boy. He's the only character with any characterization. He has a much larger role than the girlfriend in the plot. We still, like, half... we still don't get a description for him. No, I have no idea what kind of dog he is. Other than the fact that he's apparently a stupid one. And, like, about half... It could be a fucking corgi, could be a pit bull, I don't know. About half of Christian's and motivation in the latter half of the book comes from someone attacked his dog. He doesn't even care that Which his is understandable. Is I would be pretty mad if someone attacked my no, dog. I know! Also, 
like someone also kidnapped his wife and he doesn't seem too worried about that. Yeah, he's just like, eh, it sucks. They aren't even married. Oh no, my dog's dead. I wonder where my wife is. I'll ask this random teenager to Google search her name. That should be fine. Huh. Alright. And there's a, this incredibly right. awkward flashback on how he got Axel. Um, oh, it here's the only description matter. of the dog. He's a German Shepherd. Oh, excuse me. Um, oh, well, and then there's like, they realize that they can't really remember it right. And then there's this ridiculous line. Hey, hey, sweetie, it's okay. He takes her hand and squeezes it. By the way, he capitalizes the H here, even though he ends the dialogue with a comma, which is like, no. Uh, you would want to end that with a period if you want to capitalize it, and I say that would be the best one. So Very basic. Very, very basic. But then it was, I'm having problems remembering too. It's okay. It's probably just a glitch with the integrator combined with drinking a bit too much wine. Um, I don't. Yeah, and then they leave... Okay, and here's the this here's one of the weirdest descriptions. Uh, they head outside, leaving behind the warm, cozy ambience of Memento, which is the restaurant they went to, and driving back to the phlegmatic, almost apathetic <laughs> reality of the inn world. I think what he was trying to do there was juxtapose the two atmospheres, but it didn't really work because we didn't get any description of what Memento was like. Or what the inn world looks like. I'm just picturing fucking New York City. I... I re we read this whole book over, like, all 40 chapters. I still don't know where I am, what the in-world is, what Oracle is supposed to be. Like, all the very basic things that should be established in the very beginning of the book are, aren't. Like, barely touched on in, like, the last two chapters. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... It's a thing. Yeah, it's a whole fucking situation. And then, okay, well, he, then after that, the scene just takes this really incredibly weird turn. His girlfriend apparently forgets her bag in the restaurant and leaves. And We're calling then, her his girlfriend because we refuse to acknowledge that this woman is married to this man. It, yeah. They never say that they're married, so... Um, it says it in the beginning. I don't... It's, five, it's their five-year wedding anniversary. Ah, uh, Shoot. I can't believe she stayed with them for five years. Presumably longer again, than that, like, unless they got engaged as soon as they met. Um, they got married as soon as they met, I mean. But anyways, then there's this weird line. A familiar, sharp, blinding pain ripped through his skull. How is it familiar? We haven't experienced him experiencing this, ever. Um, and then someone just accosts him, who, he, who is Carnifex. Um... Because he's important. Because he's important. And then he's like, there's like been some sort of massive surge of data within the system causing glitches, which I, I mean, I don't know enough about computers to say whether or not that makes sense, but that doesn't seem to make sense. And then they discuss it. They were Apparently, tickets to the next Quantum Star Wars movie, and the yes. system crashed. Yeah. <laughs> and then they say it's like, um, hackers, and. Which is it, so vague. That means fucking nothing. Nothing at all. And they, um, discuss this, and then he just leaves. And then girlfriend shows up again. And, uh, then 
he puts her in the car and yeah, has... she gets in the car, they go to the woods, it's no, fucking weird. It's incredibly weird. Christian gets attacked by Slenderman and runs into a tree. He yeah. puts no no, he like has her go in the car and He's like, are you gonna be all right going home? She's like, don't be. Uh, of course, I'll be silly. I'm a big girl. I know. She's not sixteen. I guarantee you, she's gone places alone before. I know. And then, um, <laughs> he like has the car alert him when she gets back to the house because like he has like, to know where she is at, at all any times. given point in time at all. Because that's a healthy marriage. Oh, because she's her pro- his property, obviously. Of course. <laughs> of course. And then he just goes to work. He saw her so apparently incredibly drunk. Yes. And then there's a lot more description of driving, 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 driving. Um, driving this time with the team. I'm sorry, the Inmobile. The yeah. Inmobile. And car. cars are dead. <laughs> And We're not going to describe how this is different from a car. We're just going to say it is. And then... I think it hovers. I think that's it. It's a car, but it hovers. Seems like I it. It's an in-car. <laughs> finish finish up, Kathy. Okay. We're almost done, and I can't wait to fucking finish block one. Same. So, then they just kind of describe the um, mission and say that apparently the hackers can overload the integrator... Or erase their identity, which this is never... So, I mean, they can basically murder anyone they want. Insane. No, they're saying Just, this like... is what the hackers could do to you. Um, yeah. Which makes no sense when in context with the next block. But, okay. Um, and then they... Okay, and then Sarah calls the Oracle guy a cunt. <laughs> like, he Sa- just does this. Jesus Christ. I was with you, but then you reminded me that Sarah exists, and yeah, it ruined it for me. I fucking... <laughs> also, don't... Don't use the word cunts. Please. It's bad. It's... it's We can use it. We have them. <laughs> you... Both you, the character is a dude, and the writer is a dude. Don't... Don't, don't use do it. We, we should... I want to talk about all of the sexism in this book in a separate like, in a segment of its own, because I'm afraid that uh, Val is gonna hear in the beginning, this is sexist, and then turn the episode off because he's mad. Yeah, but we'll probably have to get into the sexism a lot more in the next block. Anyway, like I said, finish up. Yeah, um, in the absence of the new guy, they bully the Oracle guy, who gives them some sort of weird tech called an invisor, which apparently what it does... These will hook into your integrator and send information directly into your brain. And then Sarah asks if they're friendship bracelets. No one would give you a friendship bracelet. Why would they do that? (laughs) And then apparently... Absolute psycho. um, Testa, who is apparently the only character with a brain, that's one one of his two character traits. It's, It's smart. Apparently, he says, these pieces of... That's his one character trait, is brain. Brain. There's also smug. Um, these pieces of hardware replace the night vision goggles while emitting no light, nullifying your chances of being discovered. How do you see without light? And since it's connected straight to the integrator, the established communication between your brain and the device will observe, will enable you to observe objects the same way you see them in the daylight. How is that possible? And then he gives a really stupid explanation for how he knows. 
Oh, it was just a guess, like super specific. Literally, he does like yeah. Um, like, just an educated like, guess, really, based on pretty simple observations. And then listen, we know you looked up the catalog, Testa. Don't yeah. <laughs> we know you have a collection of users' manuals in your room. That's just what he does. All he does is read about the fucking tech that they're gonna. Yeah. Brain, cause brain. He's voiced by the same dude who did the brain. The in, brain and Pinky and the brain in, in the and Animaniacs. The <laughs> yeah. So they just they walk through the forest and it's supposed to be creepy and then they just talk about ghost stories in the forest. But just Sarah beats someone up. Not quite yet. Right now he's just make No, he does. He beats up the Oracle agent. That's <laughs> that's all he does. Like he walks around, beats someone up, and then people are like, "Oh, he did it again." I yeah, guess. I have it written here that Sarah also apparently doesn't read mission briefings. Also, it's become incredibly clear that the author knows little to nothing about police work. <laughs> or he does, and he's just, like, really leaning into that whole police brutality thing. Yeah, but the, I feel like that has to be intentional. There's no fucking way he actually thought about it that hard. <laughs> um, That's fair. And the only reaction is that... Um, Christian tells them, I don't care if you fight after this, but right now we need to just, like, do our jobs. Which, like, insane. Absolutely you, you insane. Can, you can beat the crud out of this 90-year-old man after we don't have anything else to do. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, and then the Oracle agent just leaves. He just leaves. I know, why? Like, he's supposed to be their supervisor. That's his whole role. But after they get the equipment... Oh, bye, he's bitches. like, alright, bye. Later, sluts. I'm yeah. gonna head out. Can I go then... fucking vibe? I guess. Oh my gosh. If he was supposed to be important and relevant to the scene, why would he not stay all the way through? It felt like... Oh, because he's inconvenient for the plot. Yeah, it felt like Lavis like, oh, I don't know what to do with him anymore. I guess, just like... Bye. Bye. Um, and then so, here's a really you know, weird shift. Because at Clavis is standing in a corner and looking at a he a paper photograph. I don't know why you have to establish that the photograph is paper, but okay, of his wife and two sons, and calls him by his name, it. and then just talks about like wishing he could erase people from his memories, and then apparently finds out that his wife left him, which like good for her. Um, we all know how these people treat women in this book. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm with her one hundred percent. And, and, then like, and then they just walk into the forest and it starts raining. And then Sarah's complaining and complaining and they're just kind of talking. Um, and it's like, oh, there's something wrong with Sarah's. Do you want me to describe this last part? Because I know it's very confusing. They, he just switches the spelling of Christian's name at one point. <laughs> Removes that the H. was intentional. It, there was a reason for that, I guess. I guess it Not didn't. Typo. No, he hired an editor. I, um, I just want to finish block one, and then then we can stop the episode. And yeah. There. So things are going on weird. Blah blah blah. Cameras messing up. Spooky forest. And then instead of doing his job, he starts stalking his girlfriend. I.e. That's something I really want to talk about. He Can finds, please? he has a tracking he thing in her necklace. a tracking device on his wife without her knowledge or consent. 
he so just insane. he gave her this necklace as an anniversary gift, and the whole time it was a tracking device. That's so weird. So he could just follow her around wherever she goes, and that's not okay. It's so insane. That it's is the... actually illegal. Yeah, that is such a red flag. Like I'm like. Yeah, like it's supposed you to be scary because her for five her... years. It, this thing is like supposed to be kind of freaky because like it turns out it's like 200 meters in front of him in the forest and that the um car got to their house but she left before it got there um and then there's just like a slender man in front of him and he and runs he into a tree. tree gets knocked out and that is more or less the end of the entire block yeah like there's some talking just like Oh, right, no, he runs into a person, and he's somehow, he, he almost was knocked out. He's still tr stalking his girlfriend, by the way. Um, and then he runs into a tree after, like, some more description of, like, being chased All by the Slenderman. he could get taken out of commission with, he runs into a tree. The tree is very good. Just, just, like... Lay, completely lays out this He just got fucking agent. bodied by a tree. Yeah. And then some Not random the... man shows up. And like... Which... Spoiler alert. Nothing with this plot point happens in this book. At all. He, I don't know why it was introduced in this book. Like, uh, because if it were supposed... Because this is a series. It's not all out yet, but this is a series. Uh, if it was supposed to be more relevant in the second or third or whatever book, why are you introducing it now when it, there's no relevance to the plot? Yeah. It's like... There's not even, like, continuous threads with this plot point. It's like, they bring it up and drop it. Like, yeah. And then like, the this guy just shows up, he pokes him with floor. a stylus, says, don't fail me, and then my like... ETA, and then he passes out and finds... And the guy just, like, finds the girlfriend's necklace, um, and, like, records something in it, and throws it into a bush, and disappears in a flash of lightning, and that's the end of the block. It's just incoherent and ridiculous. Jesus Christ. Okay. So we're gonna end this episode here. Uh, hopefully we will be able to make more of these. But I can only take one block of this at a time, or I will lose my entire fucking mind. <laughs> um, so, thank you for listening. Uh, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, uh, sharing it with your friends and family, and like people and subscribe to the channel. Like and subscribe yeah. to the channel. Follow uh, us on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. Follow, follow it on Spotify. Spotify. We hope you enjoyed, uh, and hopefully we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. See ya. Later, sluts. <laughs> <That's so laughs>